first sighting for some time of Sixto Sanchez. And boy, oh boy, Marlon's Twitter. Well, it was a mixed review, I would say. It's great to see him throwing, but equally the body shape uh, not looking optimal for a professional athlete. Equally, Max Meyer in front of the media. We're going to talk about Max Meyer, what role he could and should play uh, for the Marlins in 24. Feels like it's full go for him in spring. Tons to get into. This is Locked on Marlins. You are Locked on Marlins, your daily podcast on the Miami Marlins. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings from England and welcome to Locked on Marlins. This is your daily Marlins pod. I'm your host, of course, Peter Pratt. Hit me up at Miami Marlins underscore UK. If you are listening to the pod, firstly, good morning. Happy Friday. It is Friday again. Uh, and uh, this is your team every day. Thanks for making Locked on Marlins your first listen of the day. We're bright and early on a Friday. I'm actually off work today. Booked the day off, so I'm hitting this one early. Bit of gardening for me. Got to get these hedges uh, in... Uh, you know, mid-season form, let's say. <laughs> Bit of tennis later on as well. Usual day in the life of Peter Pratt. Hedges and tennis. There you go. Guys, don't forget there is a YouTube channel. Uh, make sure you hit subscribe over there too if you are watching. Hello, greetings. And you'll see the rundown for today. We're talking some Max Meyer. We're talking some Sixto Sanchez. We're talking some Trey Mancini and Tristan Gray. Of course, now, guys, we're into that phase of the year where we can talk about actual stuff that's happening. So that's beautiful. It's beautiful. Media sessions yesterday, uh, Thursday, uh, with Max Meyer, with Trey Mancini, with Tristan Gray. Firstly, want to call out, make sure you hit and subscribe to the Fish on First, guys. I've seen Kevin Barral doing some great stuff, some really nice kind of one, two-minute clip interviews with the guys. Uh, there's obviously some, some bigger media sessions, uh, which uh, Jesus Lozado was part of, you know, the kind of bigger names, let's say. But Kevin Barral doing the God's work, getting around Trey Mancini, getting around Tristan Gray, et cetera. It's great to hear from them guys and start to meet some of those guys. So make sure you follow Kevin, the guys on Fish on First, of course. You, if you listen to this pod, you probably are already following those guys along. Uh, but just to remind you on that one. So firstly, before we get into it, this episode is brought to you by our good friends over at FanDuel. You can make every moment more. New customers join today and you'll get $150 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started. All right, guys, where are we starting? We are starting. Where do you want to start? There's a picture. I mean, let's go with the rundown order. I want to talk about Max Meyer because Max with the media yesterday, Alex Krutchuk shared the information, the clip, which is great to hear from Max. Great to hear on like where he's at. The main headlines I would say with Max Meyer is he's he's saying that it's like full go spring for him. So that's the first really positive thing is like Max Meyer now. You know, he missed the entirety of 23. Um, watching a lot of the other guys step up. He called that out, which is great to see. And for Max, he's healthy. And at this point, all options are open, I guess, right? In terms of where... He starts the year, what his year looks like, what role he plays, etc., etc. So, Max is available. We're going to see 
yeah, we're going to have a good look at him through spring and see what we're what we're working with. Um, the other thing he called out, which I think is you know probably a known situation, but equally, let's you know he called it out. I'm going to call it out. I've called it out prior to this too. You know, he's clearly going to be uh, on the return from TJ. He's clearly going to have a degree of a uh, a load management, let's say. So Max is going to be managed. His innings are going to be managed. His pitch counts may be managed. All of these things, the Marlins will be managing with, with Max Meyer through the year. So although it's full go in terms of, you know, there's no restrictions, there are innings restrictions that are going to be um, there for Max Meyer. So I think that's a really interesting situation and a really interesting point that, that we should bear in mind for Max Meyer. When you consider, like, we're going to see what we see in spring. And clearly, like, the Marlins have got, you know, quite a few returning arms. Obviously, Max is one of them. We're going to talk about six, though. we got Trevor Rogers. Uh, Sandy's missing. Uh, they've had, you know, Ryan Weathers is, you know, hunting for a spot. They've added a couple of other guys that are going to be, you know, you know, there's a lot of arms around the organization, which kind of makes sense considering you've lost the innings either that is Sandy Alcantara um, and you're going to need that depth. So it makes sense. A lot of guys are kind of buzzing around. Um, I think the other thing to call out as well is like clearly the way the Rays manage their pitching staff is very, very different to, you know, Don Mattingly, let's say. The old days. Do you remember Donnie? You just keep just rolling the dudes out there. It was like in 2022, it was like, you know, just keep rolling Sandy, just keep testing it. How far can we push Sandy? Times have changed on that front. So I'm I'm expecting to see a lot more kind of like mix and matching, less innings on the starters, more bullpen action. Like it's just going to look and feel different. We won't quite know what that actually looks like until we get going. But, you know, gut feel is like that's what we're going to see. So like the six plus starts are going to be probably like a slightly more of a rarity in some ways. But that kind of plays to where the Marlins are at when you've got Max Meyer, for example. You've got Eddie Cabrera, health concerns, spoke about it yesterday. You've got Jesus Lazardo. He's had one year that he's put on tape or he's had a full load. Braxton Garrett, the same. Trevor Rogers working his, like, everyone has got, and Yuri Perez, clearly, as well, that needs to be managed. So, like, there's a, there's a significant amount of load management across the rotation. I think that's going to be, like, the way when we reflect on 24 and we say, you know, how was the rotation? We're probably going to say it was really good. And there was a lot of load management with this rotation because a lot of young guys, many of them have, have limited or no track record of seeing, you know, a full body of work like a Sandy Alcantara 200 innings extravaganza. So for Max Meyer, going back to him, what does this mean? And for me, when I think about Max, there's a certain number of innings he's going to have available to him. I think, you know, we'll see where he's at in spring versus live hitting. I think if it looks like it is, like where it was when when the injury occurred, then the Marlins have a decision to make. Do they use innings of Max Meyer at the minor league level? Do they put him back down to AAA to kind of work himself back into game shape? Can he make the rotation? Is there a spot available in the rotation? He obviously has minor league options as well. So, you know, that gives them a little bit more flexibility there. So there's a few options here. The one that I really like for Max Meyer, to be honest, is, is a pathway where he starts in the pen. The year for him in 24 starts in the pen. It gives him a way of feeling his way back into baseball. 
feeling his way into the major league level. Like, let's not forget, Max Meyer is, you know, he hasn't thrown 10 innings yet at the big league level. So he's a novice. He's a big league novice. And, you know, from what we saw in that one start at the big league level was it was, you know, fastball slider. You know, that, that was it. You know, it wasn't, there wasn't a ton of that kind of third pitch that he's been working hard to develop. Really interested to see, like, what it looks like kind of after TJ now, like where, where is he at? But for me, that current profile to me does profile like really well out the pen clearly. Um, and I look at like the fact that there is, he's easing his way in. He needs, you know, there's a way to do that out of the pen. There's a way to build his confidence and build his understanding of pitching at the big league level, maybe in, in high leverage spots, who knows the Marlins have a need in some ways for some right-handed um, relief pitching. Obviously, they've moved away from um, uh, Stephen O'Kurt recently, so they, you know that's one less lefty that they have. Um, but I can just see, I, I can just see Max Meyer starting in the pen. It's a good way to control his innings, good way to build his confidence and experience at the big league level, and equally when needed. A bit like, and I, I, I made this comp a few few weeks back. You know, when needed, he could transition into the rotation pretty quickly, and also, you know, the profile like. The draft history, all of it, the minor league successes are really similar to Spencer Strider. And that's exactly how the Braves managed Spencer Strider. He started in the pen. He looked really good in the pen. A rotation opening occurred. Next thing you know, Spencer Strider's in the rotation. He hasn't looked back since. So for me, I'm looking at, like, the Braves are a, 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 a wonderful organization. They are one. They are sickeningly wonderful. They're really good. And I look at the profiles of Max Meyer and Spencer Strider. They're really similar, really similar. Drafted at the same time. Um, they've, you know, their, their numbers are really similar in the minor leagues. And what did the Braves do? That's what they did with Strider. Into the pen, when he was ready, step up. I could absolutely see the same thing happening with Max Meyer. It controls his innings, builds a confidence. But inevitably, we do see Max Meyer in the rotation later down the line. For me, when you're under, when you're coming back from TJ and you have a, an innings restriction for your year, Let's not burn those innings at AAA with Max Meyer unless it's necessary. Maybe it is necessary and required to kind of get himself back to game-sharp levels, let's say. But if we see what we see in spring and it looks big league ready, then for me, you have to you have to wonder, where should we use these bullets? And it was a bit like with Yuri Perez, really, last year, where you know he used some bullets early in the year. He came up quicker maybe than was expected and performed at a level above what was expected. And he kind of run out of bullets, so the Marlins had to shut him down a bit. Um, and so for me, let's not waste Max Meyer's bullets in, in AAA. Let's save them. There's a role to be played in the pen. If he stays in the pen all year, so be it. The Marlins will sit, still see him as a starter. And as we know, there will always be a need for someone to step out of the pen into the rotation to deal with you know injuries and dings and stuff that happens through the year. Who knows? So for me, that's my that's my assessment on Max Meyer. What happens, I don't know. But what I can say is my my if it was me, what would I do? I'd start him in the pen. If indeed, you know, clearly trades could be made. Like, who knows where we're up to by opening day? Is Edward Cabrera still here? Is Jesus Lazardo still here? Talk about Lazardo as well, very briefly. Um, if you know, if it's everyone is here and everyone is healthy, you look at it and you think. Does Max Meyer fit into this rotation considering Lazardo, considering Yuri, considering Trevor, considering Brax, 
considering Edward. Those five, maybe you go six man to try to manage the load potentially. You could do. We were having this conversation last year, like six man rotations with Sandy going. Felt a touch complicated, to be honest with you. But I get it. I can see the Marlins in some ways that does help with the load management. But equally, from maybe from a pitcher's perspective, they like to go every five, fifth day. So that's their routine. All of a sudden, you're kicking them into a six-day routine all the time. Does that work? I don't know. I don't know, but I'm confident that through spring, many strings and many topics will be, or many discussions will be had around a six-man rotation because I can see the need in some ways for the Marlins, but equally, I can see him going with five and I can see Max Meyer coming out the pen. Uh, guys, we're going to hit the first ad and then we're going to carry on. I want to talk about Sixto Sanchez and Trey Mancini. Also a brief one on Jesus Lazaro, primarily linked to the Orioles. So we'll talk about that uh, as well. But this episode is brought to you by a new sponsor as well. And Backblaze. Backblaze makes backing up and accessing your data astonishingly easy. Yes, sir. So you can have unlimited cloud backup for Macs, PCs, and businesses for just 99 bucks per year. Easily protect business data through a centrally managed admin. Protect all of your data on your machines automatically and deploy across multiple workstations with various deployment options. You can add on enterprise control, includes granular access permissions, advanced single sign-on group management controls and compliance support. Yes, sir. One year file retention and version history. Over 55 billion files restored for customers. So if you're liking what you're hearing, and well, why wouldn't you? You need to visit backblaze.com slash MLB so they know where you came from and continue to support the show, this show. Uh, Backblaze has been recommended by the New York Times uh, magazine, Mac World, PC World, LifeWire, uh, Wired, Tom's Guide, 9to5Mac, and more. Basically, everyone is recommending these dudes, and you can receive a fully featured, no-risk, free trial at backblaze.com slash MLB. Go there, play with it, start protecting yourself from potential bad times. Start today. Love that. New sponsors in. Love to see it. Locked on, trending up. Backblaze part of the family now. Love to see it. All right, so we talked some Max Meyer. Let's talk about some Sixto Sanchez. <laughs> I don't know why I've started laughing. For some reason, I have. Something about Sixto Sanchez just makes me smile. Whenever I hear the name Sixto Sanchez now, I don't know about you guys, but whenever I hear the name Sixto, I immediately think of Craig Mish, and I immediately think of the 50 cent gif where it's like he pulls up in the car and laughs, smiles, and then buzzes off. Like, it's <laughs> what I think of every time I hear the name Sixto. Craig has been out on Sixto for a long time. Um, it's fair to say that he's uh, he, he doesn't believe that he's worth talking about, frankly, at this point. But for the Marlins and Marlins fans, there's a reason why we have to talk about Sixto. A, because he was a big part of the Riamuto trade. Uh, Riamuto is a stud, and we, you know, we hoped that Sixto would be a stud. What we saw in 2020 was impressive. And so that's why you speak about Sixto. We haven't seen him on the field since 2020. Guys, just to remind you, in case you've been in a slumber, it's now 2024. We haven't seen Sixto for three seasons, which is crazy. Sixto Sanchez out of minor league options, unless there's some way of like back 
filling another minor league option, which happened last year. So we'll see what happens in spring. For me, with zero options remaining and three years off the field, like this is a big offseason. Big offseason and a big spring for Sixto Sanchez. Like, can he still do it? Like, does his body allow him to still be what he once was? It's an unknown. He had that rehab start uh, right at the back end of last season. Everyone got excited about that. It kind of looked like six, though, which was good. A couple of punchies, which was good. Uh, and then he was shut down from injury again. Not good. So there's a lot of unknowns with six, though, in terms of his body. Uh, I think a lot of people like seeing him through. Like, the reason we're talking about six, though, right now is there's a few, there's a few reasons. You have Danny Alvarez filming what looked to be the back end of his bullpen session. And it's fair to say, like the, the beautiful thing too, if, you, if you've seen this clip and I, I shared it specifically, if you see the clip, like there's a bit of mustard on the final pitch he throws. Like he gives it a bit of juice, a bit of sauce after like the legs spirals around, helicopters around. Like Sixto's kind of feeling himself, which is great to see. I'd love it if the speed gun was on. Sixto's saying he's up at like 94. So 94 Sixto with the helicopter leg? Oh, baby, sign me up. He's out there high-fiving the catcher. Sixto, is he feeling himself? Is he back? Is Sixto Sanchez back? It'd be huge if he was. Absolutely huge. Speaking of huge, like I said, this is a huge spring training. Huge offseason, Sixto Sanchez. And he came in big. I'm not going to lie, he looks round. But he's always kind of looked round. And so that's maybe just his body shape. I, I find it, as a fan... Uh, I find it a little bit disappointing that, you know, you get these pro athletes, the dude's 25 and he's not been on a field really for three seasons. And you, you, at that point, the minimum requirement should be to look after your body, like get your body. And I know, okay, you've got arm and shoulder and whatever issues, but there's, there's other ways to stay healthy. You don't have to be just pumping iron all the time. There's ways to get your body right. And, I don't know. It's just a negative feeling I have towards a pro athlete at 25 that hasn't been on the field for many years. And to like come into their a massive spring for them, looking round, looking a touch overweight, it just doesn't send the best signals. And frankly, Sixto has never sent the best signals ever since he got hurt um, after the 2020 season. It just, the Marlins tried to do some PR spin on him. They've kept him front and center of everyone's minds, but really... Like the questions around Sixto of like, does he want it? I'm, I don't know. And we're going to find out this spring, to be honest with you. But he's coming round. But like I said, we're seeing him throwing balls. That's good. He's got a bit of mustard on it and the helicopter's going. That's good. Sixto, there's a decision to be made. But what I mentioned on Twitter, like, wouldn't it be huge for the Marlins if all of a sudden Sixto is back? And whether that's as a starter out the pen, who knows? I mean, it's the same with Max. All of a sudden, let's think about this pen because Sixto would need to be ultra managed as well. So, same with Max Meyer as well. You know, just imagine this pen, you know, Tanner Scott's there, Nardi's there, Puck's there, Max Meyer's there, Sixto's there. Who else we got? George Soriano, he's looking good. Brazaban's there. A couple of other guys that are pressing for the pen too. I mean, it's a really intriguing pen. Really is if uh, if that's the type of pen you got with you know a couple of guys that are being managed back um, end up you know flame throwing out the pen maybe maybe I mean it's it's something to dream on perhaps 
Um, speaking about dreaming on, let's talk about our good friends over at FanDuel. I'm not sure about how I you know, made that segue, but somehow I have. Um, <laughs> this episode is brought to you by good friends at FanDuel. You can get your buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets. With any winning $5 bet, that's $150. If your bet wins, bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same-game parlays, exclusive props, and more. Yes, there is more. Just visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and shoot your shot. FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. All right, guys, back here with me, Peter Pratt, on Friday the 16th of Feb. We are shooting this one early, 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 which is great. Thanks for joining me and making Locked On Marlins your first listen, guys. Great to have action happening on the field of the things to be actually talking about. Final segment here. Talked about Max Meyer. Talked about Sixto Sanchez. All of a sudden, I'm getting excited about what that pen could look like. I could see both these guys in the pen. Just to finish up on Sixto, by the way, no options uh, the other option, clearly, at that point is the IL if he isn't ready. Um, it's been very intriguing with Sixto, hasn't it? The fact that he's been absent for three seasons, but has never been on the Major League IL. He's not been on the Major League 60-day IL. He hasn't been receiving his league minimum salary. He's been optioned every time to the minors and on the minors IL. I find that a really interesting scenario where, you know, again, is that a signal of a breakdown in a relationship? Maybe it is. I don't know. Sixto will be sick at that. He will be because, he, you know, he ends up getting a fraction of what he's owed, I believe, anyway. Anyway, let's move on from Sixto Sanchez. It is definitely one to watch. And we're going to be talking plenty of Sixto this off, uh, this spring. Sorry, I'm I'm confident of that. We're at, we're at a breaking point with Sixto. So let's see what we've got. I want to talk about Trey Mancini, Kevin Barral doing his thing again. Already mentioned, make sure you're following Kevin Barral and all the guys on Fish on First talking to Trey Mancini, um, which is you know great to hear from from Mancini. Um, you know, clearly with with Mancini, when the signing happened, me and Sean got into it at the time. I think we hit an emergency pod for it, which you know maybe te- just indicates how the off season's been for the fish. But emergency pod for Trey Mancini. Let's not forget he was cut last year. He signed a two year deal. He was cut. Thus, uh, he's obviously a, a, on a minor league with an invite to spring at this point, but he will be on league minimum for the Marlins anyway, should he make this roster. Let's just call it out. Trey Mancini has a really good chance of making this roster. Um, he effectively is the 2024 version of Yuli Gurriel. Gurriel signed in 23 pretty late. Um, wasn't quite the same situations where it was like, um, you know, uh, he was cut from someone that was paying him a ton of dough. But... You know, it's a vet that's been around, proven track record in the past. You know, down year, obviously, with the Cubs, hence being cut. They moved on from him. But Trey Mancini, proven track record at the big league level, um, big clubhouse guy. Obviously, a lot of off-the-field stuff as well associated with Trey Mancini, a lot of support for him, a lot of good vibes around Trey Mancini, obviously. And frankly, on the field, he's, you know, he's proven it. I I think he's a career eight to nine war dude. Um, you know, his 2019 campaign in particular um, with the Orioles was was a stunner, um, big-time player. And the Marlins have a big-time need at first base, frankly. Um, right now, it's not obvious who that, you know, backup first base dude would be. 
we'll wait to see how this whole roster shakes up. But my assessment here at this point with Trey Mancini is uh, he's making this roster. I actually don't think it's a question. I believe Mancini has signed with the Marlins in the way he signed, knowing that from a Marlins perspective, it's not about the money with Mancini he, he, because he's being paid by the Cubs already. Um, he can only receive uh, the major league minimum if you're still following me. So for Mancini, like I, I think the expectation is he's making this roster. <clears throat> and with that being said, I think the, the the thing that he called out with Kevin Barra, what I just wanted to highlight is that he, specifically he mentioned he feels like he's in a really good spot for a bounce back. And that's what we want to hear, right? If the Marlins are able to get, you know, 2019 production would be like the ultimate clearly, but even 2021, even 2022 production, which is an above average stick offensively um, at league minimum, then that's a win for the fish. It also helps maybe add, you know, some experience into the clubhouse. World Series winner. Uh, he's a World Series winner, right? I think so. Anyway, um, yeah, he was. He won a World Series with the Astros after he went from the Orioles. Oh, boy, head spinning here in spring. Um, but you had this guy, good clubhouse guy, proven record. The Marlins have a need. He's making this roster, guys. He is. People talking about Troy Johnston. Troy can be next man up. I think that's just the way things are going to play out. Like, Troy's going to be next man up, seemingly at first. You know, you've got uh, Josh Bell. You've got Trey Mancini. They're going to be your opening day first base, you know, platoon, let's say, if that's the right way of phrasing it. And equally, it free, you know, maybe frees up Josh Bell to DH, frees up maybe Trey Mancini to DH. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. But, you know, it's great to hear from Trey Mancini. He feels like he's in a spot to bounce back. He recognizes he needs to bounce back. Uh, and I think this is a great spot for him. Speaking of great spots as well, again, another Kevin Barral special, Tristan Gray. Um, firstly, Tristan Gray looks like a unit. A unit. I mean, like the way the camera was angled, like you're looking up at Tristan Gray, looks massive, great hair, everything going on with Tristan Gray. But, you know, it's great to hear the story around this, you know, six years with the Rays organization. Uh, he gets the call from Peter Bendix. You know, they've obviously worked together um, for many years. Gets the call from Bendix. Listen, it's a great opportunity for you here. It's great to hear. And, and that is the situation here with Tristan Gray. Like, it is a great opportunity for him. Um, you know, that 30 home run power at the shortstop position. When asked about his position, what position do you want to play? I'm a shortstop. He's got the kind of Jazz Chisholm answer to that, right? What is it with shortstops? Everyone wants to say immediately, I'm a shortstop. <laughs> That's not just the way it goes. But Tristan Gray, I think his response time was less than a second on that. I'm a shortstop. And from a, an offensive profile, spoke about it, you know, yesterday on, on, you know, thinking about trade opportunities here. You know, at this point, it feels sensible for the Marlins to get like a proper look at Tristan Gray, to be honest with you. His minor league production has been very impressive. He's got nothing left to prove at AAA. He's a shortstop. He's exactly what the Marlins are looking for. So let's have a look at him before we move, uh, you know, one of the pitchers um, to go and get a guy. Like, what's to say that Tristan Gray can't be the future, you know, shortstop, everyday shortstop for the Marlins? I mean, we're going to find out. Is the defense good enough? Maybe. Is the stick? Does it transfer to the big league level? Maybe. Who knows? But frankly, those questions are all questions that would be kind of put towards any acquisition the Marlins made, particularly if it was like a guy that has zero major league experience. So for me with Tristan Gray, I loved hearing from him. I loved hearing 
the the way things went down. Bendix sought him out, said, you've got a great opportunity to come in here. You know, it's in your hands. There's a shortstop position available. The power, he spoke about the power. He says, I'm, I'm not actually trying to hit home runs. I'm not trying to hit 30. Spoke to Skip, seeing some opportunities to be a better hitter. All great signs. Like Tristan Gray, let me just call it, is a huge sleeper here for the Marlins. This could be the Bendix special. Like this is Bendix ball, absolutely. Where he knows a guy, he knows the potential. He's got a vacancy, he's got an opening. And they managed to pick him up for next to nothing. Great. Happy days. So this is the exciting part of spring, though, right? Players are getting back. It's starting to hear from them, starting to meet some of the guys. And that's what I'm excited about. Um, I'm going to end it there because tomorrow, I think there's going to be a Saturday episode. It feels like it's almost, it needs to be daily episodes now with, with so much going on. But I think we need to talk about the jerseys. I think maybe we also need to talk about Rob Manfred and the news that he uh, is in his final cycle as commissioner. So we'll talk about that. So, and equally, we'll, we'll kind of continue the conversations. But I want to talk about the Orioles as well. And the fact that they've all of a sudden, you know, they were a potential trade partner. We spoke about it on yesterday's episode, a potential trade partner. Next thing is a few guys go down all of a sudden, you know, are the Orioles and Marlins back in conversations. It's not clear if they will pick up the phone, but, you know, can they manage things themselves? They already were kind of, you know, the rotation, they added burns, um, which they needed. But like the Orioles are kind of like in an all in position at this point. And so I'm really intrigued to see like, with these injuries, you know, already showing up or flaring up in spring, do they need to double down and do something else? And equally, do they have any, you know, any players that the Marlins really value at this point? They clearly really liked uh, Joey Ortiz, the shortstop, but there was talk of a catcher uh, prospect. So we'll see. Like the Marlins still definitely have a long-term need to catcher. So we'll see what happens. But I'm going to call it a day there, guys. Thanks for making Locked on Marlins your first listen. Happy Friday, guys. I look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Wish me luck for a tennis match and getting these hedges in mid-season form. I'll see you soon.